podcast. Ooh. You just make that noise at people? Yeah, and we go fingers. Like this? That'd be pretty good, but like, what are you going to do to scare... Would you haunt people? Yeah. You just go around and ooh at them. I think I'd be a ghost that like grabbed people's shoulders while invisible. Oh. I think that's the kind of ghost I'd be. So you'd want to scare them, but just kind of light scares? Yeah. I think I'd be like... Like, just uncomfortable scares. Like, you know, like, you feel like you feel someone touching your shoulder and you're just like, uh, am I scared or is this like... I, if I felt someone touching my shoulder, I wouldn't be like, oh, am I scared? No, that'd be terrifying. <laughs> if someone reached out and touched your shoulder and there's no one there, that's very scary. That's true. What would you do? I'd just, like, prank people. I'd, uh, eat your pizza... Whenever you got a pizza, I would open up the box and eat the first bite out of every slice. So there was just like a circle in the middle. <laughs> in of the pizza middle, missing. like a, you were like, "What the fuck?" So then it's like a bagel. <laughs> yeah, this is, that was the best part of the pizza, and I'd be like, oh, "Too bad." I think it was in Korea where they saved like what you would consider sometimes like the first bite of pie or cake. You know, like the middle mm-hmm. when it's cut in like pie shape. They saved that for the end for good luck. So you eat from like the crust in. I guess. Oh, that's weird. I don't know if that was a Korean thing or just my one friend. Huh. Hey. If you you know. (laughs) Yeah. This is a podcast of world out there. Do you think it's good luck to save the middle piece of pie or pizza for the end? And if you do, where are you from? Oh, and welcome. This is a very special Spooktober episode of I Love This, You Should Too. Actually, this is an episode of We Love This, You Should Too. Yes, it is. A very special We Love This, You Should Too. My name is Indy the Grim Reaper Randawa, and with me is Samantha Serial Killer Hees. Um, How are you, Indy? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty spooky. You're pretty spooky? Yeah. I'm, you I'm look really very spooky today. feeling the spookiness right now. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm feeling ready for the season. Did you hear how I didn't use the word R? I just said, how you doing? <laughs> how you doing? I was trying to be like, you know, casual. Just cash. Yeah. Yeah. I love when you're just cash. Who well, are you? Like, say cash. <laughs> This was a bit of a preamble, but this is our first episode of the 2020 Spooktober season. Ooh. And every time I say it, Sam's going to do that. It's yeah, going to be awesome. It's going to be great. No one's going to get tired of it. No, not me. Not me during editing. <laughs> <laughs> That's future Indy's problem. Yeah. Oh, man. I do not envy future Indy. He has to deal with a lot of stuff. <laughs> not just this podcast, but just life decisions. Yeah. But how this is going to work is we're going to do only spooky stuff for the whole month of October. And including, we're going to be on some guest spots on other podcasts. We're going to have some people on this podcast, but it's going to be all spooky all the time. I'm really excited. So if you've been a listener for, well, since the beginning, you'll know that we were on a podcast called... Invasion of the Remake. Invasion of the Remake. Which we will be on again this year. And we're, yeah, we're... On October 13th. Check them out. Check them out all the time, but that's when we'll be on it. And there's a little bit of a sneak peek at the end of this episode, so... In the middle of this episode. Middle of this episode. I might even be hosting a creepy radio show. I'm doing some voice acting in a zombie vampire thing. I don't even know if I told you about that. <laughs> yeah, you did. I'll just play it for you when it's done. It's going to be great. I'm excited. So, Indy, one of the things that we haven't done for a while is Beer of the Week. Yeah, we used to always podcast with a beer, 
But then I kind of just stopped drinking alcohol. And you had been pretty much drinking wine for the most of the time when we would record. But it's fall season, so I can start getting into dark beers again. And today we have a delicious beer called Dark Matter from Hoyne Mm. Brewing in BC. And actually, this is one of my very favorite beers. It's a dark beer, but it's smooth and drinkable enough that I can have more than one. Mm Because I like a really flavorful, full-bodied beer. And a lot of those ones, you know, you have one and that's kind of it. It fills you up. Yeah. But this one is so smooth. I uh, I love this one. We um, have had this six-pack for a while. We took a couple of them camping, and it is honestly such a good, cool weather beer that it's one of those ones I know that alcohol doesn't actually warm you up, but this one feels so robust and hearty that it, like, totally feels like it's warming you up. It warms your feelings. Warms my soul. Also, it has really great label art, which it I always appreciate. does. This is one of the best labels that I've seen. So Dark Matter is our beer of the week. It's been the first one in a long time. Yeah, welcome back to beer of the week. In other little news, I received positive feedback for something I said. And of course, if it's positive about me, we have to put it on the podcast because it's very rare. (laughs) Everyone loves Sam. They usually tolerate to hate me somewhere in the middle. But uh, Andrew... If you're listening out there, he's just a good guy all around. So Andrew. But he was on board with what I had to say about the monarchy, so you know I have to bring that up. <laughs> okay. Hi, Andrew. <laughs> Glad you found something to connect with Indy on. <laughs> um so Indy, this week, spooky pick of the week. Spooky thing of the week. That's what we're calling it. Uh what do you have for us to get us in the mood? I have a film called It Follows. Mm. I wasn't sure what to do for Spooky Thing of the Week because there's... I I do like a lot of horror movies, but I thought I'll go with something that's not classic. And I just went and opened up my DVD cabinet and I was like, oh yeah, It Follows. I've never talked about that on here. So this is going to be a real tough one for me to talk about because I think I'm going to avoid mentioning the central conceit or premise of the movie. Uh Because it's one that I've wanted to see. Do you know anything about it? Not really, but I've seen it, like, around. Like, I've seen it on, like... Like, social- on the table right there. On the table or, like, on social media. Like, I've seen pictures. Okay. So I don't actually know anything about it. So I'm not going to tell you. Okay. Both you and our listening audience. Good podcast. We are going to put a trailer in the show notes, but if you want to watch the movie... Based on what I say, just watch it. Don't watch the trailer. Because I went into it completely blind, and I was very thankful that I did. I actually went to the premiere of this movie. What? Yeah, so... Where? In Busan, South Korea. Cool. So they have the largest film festival, I think, in Asia. One of them, anyway. And... They didn't know what kind of movies I made, so uh, there's no quality level for them to recognize me as an artist. So hmm. I got a filmmaker's pass so I could just go see all the movies and got to go to all these premieres. Sounds like your dream day. It was dream two weeks. <laughs> oh! I was working at the time, but as soon as I was off work, I would uh, just go to the theater and just watch movies until it was time to go to bed or sometimes far later. <laughs> I actually got to meet a few celebrities as well. I saw Quentin Tarantino there. Really? I played it super cool. He was in this kind of VIP section that I was allowed in because according to their standards, we're both artists of the same level. We oh. have the same badge. But I just did one of these. So in Korea, you're the same as Quentin Tarantino. 
Frankly, I think I'm better. I think you're I think better. I'm a nicer guy. I think you're better. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but I just gave him one of these. I just went, hey, just a little head nod because I played it super cool. Did he say like, hey back? He gave me a little nod. Nice. But I also saw Zheng Ziyi and there I was a little bit starstruck. I couldn't uh, approach her. She's uh, too far above my level. So, so for us uh, North Americans, who is she? She's a Chinese actress that I know from things like 2046 and The Grandmaster, but more popularly, she was in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Memoirs of a Geisha. Oh, okay. So she's uh, quite a vague picture striking, so I was a little... Uh, so I wasn't going to go approach her because, you know, who know, who wants just a fan going like, oh, I love your work. Yeah. You don't want that. So I just exactly. kind of stayed away. But uh, coming back to what we were talking about... <laughs> They had this midnight triple feature of horror movies. So it started at 12. It finished at about 6.30 in the morning. And then I went to school to teach the next day. Like hell. (laughs) (laughs) But they were great movies. Two great movies. One okay one. So there was The Canal, which I believe is an Irish movie. Very good. little understated ghost story. Some questionable special effects, but I recommend that as well. Then there was The Feast of the Hungry Ghost, which I believe is a Malaysian production. Hmm. I didn't like that one so much. But the third movie was this American film that was made for $2 million that was just starting out on the festival circuit called It Follows. Uh, It did quite well for a movie of that budget and got a wider release in the U.S. and around the world. And I think it ended up making like $50 million when you're a $2 million low budget production. That's very impressive. So does it look low budget? I don't think so at all. The look is great to me. I love the look of this movie. It's of an indeterminate time. We find out that it is modern, but it Mm -hmm. looks like the 70s for the most part. It has a, a really airy, light feel to the visuals of it Hmm. and this movie can be appreciated on so many different levels like if you just look at it as a horror movie it has the scares it's more ingrained it's not relying on just jump scares and things like that it does a lot of good character work and i love the i don't know if we can call it villain but i don't want to give anything away like i was saying but there is a evil presence i guess you could say in this movie and it's amorphous and always changing and that's what makes it really interesting this movie also does really good stuff with characters and has great economy of storytelling Hmm. and then if you want to be like a big film nerd like i am and look way too much into things uh this movie is definitely allegorical for a few different things there's a good take on sexual assault and what that does to people Hmm. but i don't want to put people off like if you don't want to see that sort of thing on screen you're not going to Hmm. this isn't a movie that has like gratuitous rape scenes or anything like that rather if you really sit and think about it you can kind of connect it to the feelings that one would experience oh okay but it doesn't actually have sexual assault in it it's Sounds more about very psychological. It is, and it's really good because you can take it on whichever level you want. Mm. So if you want to just watch a spooky horror movie that's really atmospheric, it does that. I really enjoy how inventive they were with this the the titular it that follows. Yeah. The follower, maybe we'll just call it for sure. now. The follower. So the follower is done in in a very imaginative way that I feel like Low-budget movies tend to do more so than 
higher budget movies because they have to figure out a way to make something scary without going to a lot of CG and special effects and things like that. Mm -hmm. And the way they got around this was truly inspired, I think. It's it's a really clever movie. It looks great. And another thing that's great about it is the score. It has this really synth-heavy throwback 70s, 80s horror movie style. And that adds to the timelessness of this movie. You could also look at this movie as a allegory for the differences between adults and children and the growing up of teenagers and how that's kind of interwoven with their sexuality. And all this sounds super heavy, but if you want to watch it as just a light, scary movie with things coming at you and following and chasing, it's great for that. But it works at so many levels and... I know this probably makes no sense because I'm not telling you <laughs> yeah. what the movie's about. I was going to say, it's, it's a little a little hard to follow, but I understand what you're saying. But I think it's better to not talk about what it's truly about. Just go watch it. If you're into a good scary movie, it is quite scary. I know I talk about a lot of movies that are horror, but they don't actually scare you. I think this mm-hmm. one's pretty scary. Not really the scariest, but... Mm-hmm. If you're not into horror movies, you might not like it. But if you are and haven't heard of it or haven't seen it, definitely go check it out. Depending on where you're living, it should be on Netflix. And it's also on Amazon Prime Video, which I think is the same in the U.S. and Canada. I'm pretty sure it's the same offerings. I know that Prime Video in the States, you can like rent things too. Right. So it's it's available for free for sure in Canada. Yes. So go check it out. It's called It Follows from 2014. It's a really good atmospheric horror movie that if you want to take it to the level of all of the allegories and takes it has on modern society, you can definitely do that. But if you just want to have fully fleshed out characters in spooky situations, it has that as well. Oh, okay. It Follows, Indie's spooky thing of the week. Yeah, and I think eventually we'll probably do a full episode on it but i have so many horror movies that i'm trying to do just a couple a year i'm definitely interested in watching this one so maybe we'll have to watch it later in the year sounds good well what is your spooky thing of the week so i um decided that you're a very hard co-host to have when it comes to spooky things because you've seen everything you've done everything um that's spooky but i think that's relative to us yes if i talk to like my horror movie friends i'm not even close to what they watch (laughs) and how often they see things so i'm not a fan of watching scary movies like by myself at all um so one of the things that i really enjoy to kind of get into the mood of like halloween and spookiness uh our podcasts our spooky podcasts so um i have three podcast recommendations this week and i know that you've listened to all three so you can um kind of chime in and let me know what you think of them and the first one is spooked with glenn washington yes 
I love that man. I think I got you into this you podcast. You did. This is one that you got me into. And um, we often listen to it in the car, on drives, at night. And uh, it just does such an interesting job of um, mixing ghost stories and kind of voodoo spirituality and like mysteries and that kind of thing into the stories that he tells and he has such a good voice and there's really good backing music to it so it's like really kind of engaging to listen to on many levels yeah and spooked is all true stories Mm -hmm. so glenn washington is the host and also hosts snap judgment which is a great podcast as well but on this one everyone tells their own true spooky stories and it started out as just an annual episode on Snap Judgment, mm-hmm. but then it went so well that they have a full seasons every it's like year. spiraled into a whole thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have you been listening to the seasons yet? I haven't. I haven't either because I because like we do it I like listening to them with you. <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun. Um, so yeah, I think that um, they're also not super long, but he also does um, one thing that I like that he does is interviews with people. Mm-hmm. So they'll tell their story. He'll tell a story and it's kind of like interesting to listen to because it changes up a little bit throughout the episode. So um, if you are looking for kind of a storytelling podcast that's true, um, check out Spooked. Yeah, I think he was the first podcaster that I kind of knew as a human. It was him and Ira Glass, really. Mm -hmm. Nothing but good things to say about Glenn Washington. He's the best. What's your next one? Uh, so my second pick is Lore with Aaron Mankey. I think I got you into that you one. You also got me into this one. Uh, so this is one um, that tell. it's from a very historical side. Um, and it he does a really good job of telling stories uh, kind of in a meandering, long-winded way in a good way. So you get really immersed and kind of lost in the episode. And he has a very um, calming, soft voice. And I think you told me when you first introduced me to it that you'd listen to it to go to sleep. Oh, it's the best sleeping podcast. He has such a soothing voice. I find it very soothing for any time I'm feeling like anxiety or stress. I'll often put on my headphones at work and just kind of listen to that Aaron Menke voice and it kind of really does a good job of calming me. So so he does some stories about um, like creatures and cryptids and things like that and um, things that maybe aren't super substantiated in truth. Uh, so it's really interesting to kind of hear the different stories that he tells and then he does a little follow-up at the end with uh, a little bit more like knowledge-based facts, which I really enjoy too. Yeah, I really enjoy his format because he'll introduce a concept really, something mm-hmm. that's more abstract, give you historical examples of how that played in people's lives and then focus on a specific story. And that's another one with really good music as well. Really calming but spooky piano pieces. So you can actually, one of the other reasons I wanted to talk about this is you can get the albums of Chad Lawson is the piano composer for this show. You can actually listen to his like full albums that he calls them the lore variations and I have them all saved on my phone it's another thing that I do when I'm feeling like stressed out at work or I really need to focus is I'll just play that in the background it's amazing it's so good. (laughs) 
They are very good pieces, and I would definitely use them to score a movie. And you said you had a third podcast recommendation as well? I do. So this is one that I introduced you to. Um, It's called the No Sleep Podcast. Uh, It's based on a Reddit thread called No Sleep. And it's um, basically spooky retellings of posts from this Reddit forum. And some of them are super creepy, and some of them are super long, and they make really good podcast um, episodes. And the voice of the host, his name is escaping me, but um, the voice of the host is very much uh, creepy and in line with this kind of storytelling, which is really great, because I have listened to this when I've been home alone, when you haven't been home, and I have actually gotten a little bit like freaked out. I'm not sure I'm familiar with this one, actually. So what types of themes does this touch on? Are they true stories? They're true stories. Or they claim, at least. They claim, like anything on the internet. Sure. They're heavy, air quotes, true stories. But are they more, like, supernatural or, like, this guy followed me home one day? Both. Um, Okay. It's kind of a nice mix. So, you know, you can listen to a podcast and have one type of story, and then you get kind of bored of it because it's the same genre of story over and over again. This is really nice because you get a different kind of story every week. Um, and I, I just enjoy it. It's got some light sound effects to it. And uh, it's very, uh, like, engaging and kind of fun to listen to. Interesting. I'm gonna have to listen to that mm-hmm. one. So that's my, those are my three podcast recommendations for things to get you in the spooky mood. Oh, I'm so spooky already. <laughs> you are the spookiest. Well, like we said earlier, on October 13th, we are going to be on the Invasion of the Remake podcast talking about a film called Neon Maniacs. Mm -hmm. Now, Neon Maniacs is a pretty terrible but also very enjoyable watch from 1986. Yeah. And you know what? Let's just do what we were going to do on their podcast, which is give a short review and then also... We are going to recast it as Mm -hmm. if we were making a movie today. Yes. And one of the interesting things was that we both picked very different genres to remake this movie in. So So Neon Maniac, Samantha, what do you think of this movie? What did I just watch? I don't know. It's like you watched uh, Toxic Avenger mixed with Friday the 13th and a little bit of Village People in there as well. Oh, you're being generous. I honestly could not get a feel for what this movie actually was. I think that some people might really enjoy this style of movie. I did not. I enjoy a lot of it. I love campy 80s slashers. When this started, it looked like it was going to be fantastic. Fantastic Mm -hmm. in a terrible sense. But it looked like it was going to be a lot of fun, at least, because you had these ridiculous characters. We don't know their backstory, and they're just going around hacking people up. Yeah. It was poorly done for the most part, but it was fun. But then it gets a little boring. It definitely slows down after the first, like, 20 minutes of the movie. And a movie like this, you can be lots of things. You can be over the top, you can be poorly acted, but you can't be boring. That's kind of unforgivable in a campy movie. And there were a lot of stretches... Like when they played three songs back to back. Yeah. When you'd hear the same music in other sections as well, when the score would just keep repeating and nothing was really happening. Yeah, I definitely think there were some things in this movie that could have been cut. 
Now, it's probably clear to say that any movie like this, there were some production issues, but this one looks like they really had trouble because a lot of things don't match up. Mm -hmm. I wonder if they had two different units working at the same time to try to get it all done. But either way, this is a incongruous movie is a nice way to say it. Maybe. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Now, we were both born in the 80s. Yes. 80s were a big time for gook. There's a lot of gook in this movie. <laughs> I feel like I missed the gook generation. There was like slime was a big thing. It's coming back with kids in over the last five years. Yeah. But there was a lot of movies that involved slime. Ew. Like Ghostbusters, oh, all the yeah. Nickelodeon stuff. You can't do that on television. Slime was ever present, I feel, in the 80s and early 90s. True. That's very true. When you pointed out like that, gook was definitely a part of our childhood. I think 85 to 95 was the golden era of gook. <laughs> golden era of gook. I want a shirt that says that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the tagline for Neon Mania. I think so. The golden era of Guk. But for our dear friends over at Invasion of the Remake, we have been tasked to remake this movie. So, Samantha, I want you to pitch me your remake. Okay. We have some great source material, clearly. We have a movie that ends with a dinosaur in an interdimensional ambulance? Question mark? Question mark. Heavy question mark. Uh, so it would be a serious, sexy teen movie. Oh, Riverdale-esque? Yeah. Yeah, we'll go, like, kind of dark, kind of sexy teens that are probably older than they actually need to be. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think for Natalie, who's our main character, who doesn't process her friends being murdered very well no they die and she just goes for a swim yeah whatever no big deal um i think i'd make that amanda seyfried for steven the nerdy but nice cute guy uh i think i do jay baruchel jay baruchel yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i love it <laughs> I don't know. Like, I just can't picture Jay Baruchel like not just being Jay yeah. Baruchel. But yeah, great. I think I'm he... on board. I will watch this movie. Yeah, but okay. it's serious. You say it's not a comedy. It's like serious, sexy. But I think that because his character is what it is, there are some like comedic moments for him. For Paula, the little girl who we thought was an eight year old boy at first, originally I said Kieran Shipka, who plays Sabrina, but then I decided Maisie Williams. Who played Arya Stark? Right, in because Game she is also of an indeterminate age. Yes, exactly. Is she eight? Is she thirty-four? I'm not sure. I think she's like twenty-five. So um, I'm going to go with Maisie Williams for Paula. And I felt like I needed to cast Lisa and her douchey boyfriend. Right. Um. So for Lisa, I decided Amber Heard. And then for the douchey guy who dies, Chris Hemsworth, because I feel like he'd have a lot of fun with that. Chris Hemsworth, is that Thor? That's Thor. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Just because, like, I could see him, like, having a lot of fun with it. He's he's an underrated comedic talent. Mm -hmm. And Thor, Thor is, like, one of the funniest characters. Exactly. And he's, like, blonde and douchey, and I feel like he'd, like, really... <laughs> Like, he doesn't. He's not actually douchey. He but might like, be. I don't know. He might be. We've never met Thor, um, but I feel like he could play that really well. Um, and then for Inspector Devin, who is the main cop, I would make it Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller. Yeah. All right. And you're saying this is not a comedy. Not a comedy. Not a comedy, but it's Thor and Ben Stiller and Jay Baruchel. Yeah. But they're all straight. They're playing it straight. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's Big challenge. That's my dream casting. Wow. 
That was unexpected, <laughs> erratic, but I'm on board. Well done. Thank you. I think you really surprised me with that cast. Okay, I'm glad. So, Andy, what's your dream casting? Because I know you went the opposite way that I did. So I was thinking of how, about how to make this movie now. Like, do we want to make it all dark and gritty and take everything seriously? No, nah, I don't think you can do that with this one. So I say we make it now, but we play it like it is 1986. Okay. So soundtrack is all hits from the 80s. We get That's a good soundtrack. James Gunn to direct. Okay. James Gunn, of course, now does like Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff. Oh, but that would he be fun. used to be Slither and Scooby Doo. Okay, so he has. I can see this working. Yeah. Okay. And so originally, I was thinking, like, well, we had to cast Natalie and Steven first. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, it'd be hilarious together because I'm not even going to try to make people of the appropriate age. Right. So just pick whoever I want. Yeah. We go Paul Rudd and Amy Poehler. <laughs> and I thought they would be so funny together. And just as we were sitting down, I realized, I think that because they were in, they came together, which is a spoof as well. <laughs> <Okay>. And <laughs> then I looked at the rest of my cast and I was like, oh, I just rewrote that movie as a horror. <laughs> so I'm going to change it. And we'll let's say Paul Rudd can stake because I'd love to see him uh, front an 80s band. I feel like he'd be really good in this movie. And then let's put uh, Ricky Lindholm in for oh, Natalie. Yeah. Okay. Also too old, but you might know her from uh, Knives Out, Last House on the Left, Garfunkel and Oates. Mm -hmm. And she's she's very funny. So yes. I think she would be a fun lead because this is all going to just be silly in my version of it. So for Inspector Devin, we go Sam Jackson. Oh. If I can get whoever I want, that's who I want. Okay, okay. And he could just yell the entire time, tired of these motherfucking neon maniacs in my motherfucking woods. <laughs> just a bunch of that. It'd be great. I think it would be under my motherfucking bridge. <laughs> Paula was an interesting decision because I needed someone who has the charisma both of a 42-year-old Sandra Bullock <laughs> Yet also an eight-year-old boy who was miscast in Goonies. And, you know, there's only one person that could bring that kind of energy. Who? Ken Jeong. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So we go with Ken Jeong for Paula. Uh, if you're not familiar with him, he was probably most famous for the Hangover movies, but also Community, Crazy Rich Asians, lots of fun stuff. Then there are some side characters that I took a little bit of time to cast. There is a Sue and Wally. Sue, who famously is not on the pill. That's all we know about oh, her. Oh, yes, that's right. And Wally, who burps out of anger. He, like, burps at people. Oh, yeah. So for those two, I was feeling what you were putting down with your sexy teen movie. And I'm going, KJ Appa, who oh, plays Archie. Archie! But then for Wally, because KJ Appa plays a Sue character. Yeah. For Wally, the douchey guy... I'm going with, I think his name was Ross Butler, the original Reggie, Reggie oh, from Riverdale. And they're, okay. they're a couple together in my okay, mind. Yeah. Are they both playing guys? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. No, yeah. I like that. But like KJ Apple like sleeps around and then... He's not even on the pill. <laughs> yeah, he's not even on the pill. <laughs> and there were some supporting cops. And I think this movie would be better suited as it's kind of an investigation. So we start off with we need to know where these neon maniacs come from mm -hmm. and since it's 1986 first i had them that they were workers at a hyper color t-shirt factory 
But hypercolor was more of a 90s thing, perhaps. So maybe they work at Sun Ice making neon ski jackets, right? Oh, okay. And then they have their staff Halloween party, and they all dress as the village people. Mm -hmm. And that's why they're wearing those costumes later. And then they fall into a vat of neon stuff, and that's what makes them the neon maniacs. Yep. Um, If we want to cast all of those people, maybe the big guy, this tiny Zeus Lister. I think the caveman should be played by Will Forte. I think he okay, could bring you, that energy. You said you had someone in mind for that role, and that is exactly, yeah. And then, um, I don't know, the samurai. How about Uma Thurman? Do we have the budget for her? Sure, yeah, we do. Not? We have any budget. So then they all fall into a vat of neon stuff, and that's what makes them the neon maniacs. Right. And I think there should be two cops that are following this story, because we kind of get them, but they're never together. Right. And I think those two cops should be played by... A wild Jason Manzukis and a straight laced Adam Scott. Oh, yep. Right? Yep. Totally into that. Got and it. then also String Bean should be played by Hilary Swank. What? No follow up questions on that one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that is my uh, reimagining of Neon Maniacs, a campy spoof of 80s slasher movies, but made today with actors far too old for the roles <laughs> they're in. Isn't that all teen movies, though? Mostly. So if you want to hear the whole episode of Invasion of the Remakes, uh, you can tune in on October 13th and hear us and other people talking about Neon Maniacs. Well, I think everyone's dying to know which movie are we going to be doing next week, but we're doing things a little bit different this time. Yes, we are. So like I said earlier in the episode, Indy is very hard to find a movie that he hasn't seen. Uh, especially a scary movie that I am kind of willing to watch. So so we talked about it, and we decided that we're going to do a We Love This, You Should Too, um, kind of a nostalgia edition. So the very first scary movie that I watched was The Exorcist. Holy fuck, that's a high bar. It was a high bar. That's the first horror movie. I remember I had to go over to a friend's house. We spent weeks convincing this friend's parent that all of our parents thought it was okay that we watched this movie. How old are you at this point? 13. Wow. This this sounds like an indie story, not a Samantha story. <laughs> um, I remember my junior high boyfriend at the time held my hand the entire time, and it was very exciting. And uh, it was... Uh, Way too scary for me, way too early. So how was your night after this? How was Uh, your sleep? I don't remember how I slept. I remember all of us just being super freaked out when we were hanging out in my friend's room after. Um, Everyone was very on edge. You could tell that, like, no one was prepared for watching that movie and, like, the feelings it evokes. And I think that uh, we probably should have waited another five years to watch it. That's probably a good idea. I'm not sure when I saw it first. I assume it was with my best friend Galen, and we would often go to the local video store and rent some VHSs. I probably watched it with him. But I also remember when I was 17, I was taking a girl on our first date. (laughs) And when you're a kid, you don't know that not everyone's world is like your world. Uh 
So I thought, yeah, I'm, it's fine to take someone to The Exorcist because like people watch movies like this all the time. They've been doing it since they were children because I was. Yeah. I didn't realize that not everyone does. And uh, yeah, I think it scared her quite a bit. Yeah. That I, oh, I feel bad for her. Uh, she cause she wanted another date. So I guess it wasn't that. Bad. Oh, OK. Well, then that's good. <laughs> when was the last time you saw The Exorcist? I think I've seen it once since then but i don't remember when it was but you do think you liked this movie i liked it i think i liked it i'm pretty sure i'm like 80 percent sure that i liked it i guess we'll watch it and we'll see one thing that i like about this movie is all of the kind of true story lore that goes along with it do you mean true stories that have to do with exorcisms or things that happened on the set things that happened on the set yeah, so William Friedkin is a notorious asshole, uh, d- the director of this movie, and would do terrible things to the cast members. But I think we'll get into that mm-hmm. next time. Is that what she meant, or do you mean other things? Well, there's some like supernatural things that happened. Oh, you're going to have to talk all about those. We'll have to talk about that after we watch the movie. Yes. Yeah, this and Poltergeist, I remember as being two that had the scariest things happening on set. Poltergeist may make sense because you know all those skeletons in Poltergeist? Oh, They're... you've never seen... Have you seen Poltergeist? I haven't seen Poltergeist. Oh, there's lots of skeletons in it. I stopped at Exorcist. And they're <laughs> all uh, real. Yes. Because it was cheaper I, to get. I have heard that. And so many cast members died from Poltergeist. Wow. But we'll talk about all the Exorcist stuff next week. Yes. This is another one... We talked about It Follows earlier. Last year, we did a special on Halloween, the 1978 Carpenter movie. Yeah. This is another one that that theme is iconic. I think probably second only to the theme of Halloween. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so that is definitely one that I remember from way back when I watched it when I was like 13. And it's so hard for me not to just pick horror movies from this era because it was, wow, it was the golden age. So many great movies from probably 72 to 81. There was so many great horror Mm -hmm. movies in that time. Well, should we watch a trailer even though we've both already seen it? Yes, let's. Somewhere between science and superstition, there is another world. (gasps) The world of darkness. expected it. Nobody believed it. And nothing could stop it. There are no experts. You probably know as much about possession as most priests. Look, your daughter doesn't say she's a demon. She says she's the devil himself. I'm telling you that that thing upstairs isn't my daughter. Now, I want you to tell me that you know for a fact that there's nothing wrong with my daughter except in her mind. You tell me you know for a fact that an exorcism wouldn't do any good. You tell me that! The one hope. The only hope. The exorcist. Shit, that's a good trailer, huh? I'm excited. That gets me, like, 
excited for this movie again. I miss that era of trailers where they'd have a narrator, but they wouldn't tell you everything. They would explicitly tell you the setup, mm-hmm. but they wouldn't show everything like yeah. some of the trailers today. Yeah, no, I am I am totally ready to watch that movie again. Watching that, I was like, maybe we should just watch that tonight. It's such a good movie, and I don't watch it that regularly, because it is a tough watch. Mm-hmm. It's not just something you can sit back and throw on whenever. You have to be in the right mindset It's to definitely, it. yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a whole evening. I couldn't imagine watching this when it came out. No. Because at the time, the love, I don't even know if love, the fascination with this movie, the Amityville horror novel, Rosemary's Baby, all sorts of things like that were just so much more popular than any type of horror movie could be today. Mm-hmm. It's like the amount of people who saw The Exorcist is the equivalent of how many people have seen, I don't know, like a Marvel movie now. Yeah. It was a cultural phenomenon, and that's so hard to understand that everyone would be into the same scary thing. Didn't people like throw up and pass out during this movie? I'd heard stories about that. Yeah. So we'll get into some of the kind of tales of people seeing this movie and some of the creepy things that happened on set. And we'll see what Indy thinks of this movie next time. (laughs) I'm so tempted to just start talking about everything right now, but I guess we should save that for next week. So everyone go out and watch The Exorcist from 1973, not any of the sequels, the original. Mm -hmm. It should be pretty easy to find. If you don't know anywhere, go to your local library. Yeah, they'll have it. And visit your friendly local librarian. And if you are searching for stuff on your library system, if you're linked to the Edmonton Public Library, which many around the world, or at least in North America, use the same system, there is a I Love This You Should Too podcast list, and all of our movies are on there, so you can just click on there and order it to your library. Oh, that's so great. And also, I update those ahead of time, so you could probably know what we're doing in the next few weeks as well. If you want to get a little spoilers, yeah. <laughs> it's true. You do sometimes have to wait a couple of weeks for stuff. So get on, get on your reserves early. Yeah. Go watch The Exorcist, everyone. You'll be a better person once you do. Ooh. What do you want to tell someone who's never seen this movie? And they're like, you know what? Sam watched it when she was a teenager. Indy watched it. I'm going to give it a go. Get ready. Oh, you will never be the same. So you think it is like a scary, scary movie? I think it's a scary, scary movie. I um remember how scared I was watching it. I think we paused it halfway through because we all needed like a break. Um, and I think that uh, if you're watching it for the first time and you don't know much about it, then you should just like prepare yourself for scary time. I probably haven't seen it in a couple of years, but I still think it's a pretty scary movie. I agree. I'm excited. I'm excited to see it kind of as an adult with kind of more world experience and, you know, having seen the things that are scary and having exposed myself to more things that are scary. I'm excited to see this now. Yeah. I'm excited to just watch it again. I want to go watch It Follows and The Exorcist in a double billing and then we'll go to sleep and listen to Spooked as we fall asleep. I may never sleep again after this. (laughs) We'll see. Well, let's see if you do. So go check out The Exorcist from 1973 
Yeah. And we'll see you next week for our second of four Spooktober episodes. How long can someone go without sleep? Will they make it to the next episode? Oh, you probably should sleep before the next one. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. Ah, it's a ghost. Third one? Yes, but first. Okay. Ready?